Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Talking City podcast here by the Manchester Evening News. And Manchester City have just won the Carabao Cup. Not literally just one, but 24 hours pretty much on. City are the Carabao Cup winners. And Stu, it's probably going to be a final that's remembered for the incident between Chelsea's goalkeeper and manager. But the facts are City have retained the Carabao Cup and they've become only one of the few clubs to have ever done so in its history. Yeah, it's an important win. I mean, the, the cup itself is obviously the, the fourth most important of, of, of those that they're going for. But there's, there's that little stat that teams that win the Carabao Cup in recent years have always gone on and won something else um, you know United went on and won the Europa League City have twice gone on and won the league uh, I think um, Chelsea did the same didn't they? they they won they won the league after winning the League Cup so it, it's an old an old cliche now that the League Cup is a bit of a springboard but I think winning the trophy in February uh, does tend to give you a little bit of a kick a little bit of a boost you know you have that celebration at Wembley but it's an odd one. I mean, I was down in the tunnel area and the euphoria dies very quickly in the League Cup. And I think that's almost always because you've got a game coming up in two or three days. So they went, they did the balmy stuff, they had the celebrations, there was like loud thumping music coming from the, the city dressing room. But then as soon as he walked out of the dressing room, it was business again. It was like, we've got a game in... That was because they saw you, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I, did, kill, <laughs> I did kill the atmosphere, stone dead. Yeah, oh, there he is again, waiting to try and talk to us. Um, yeah, but they, uh, no, so then they, they had to go and attend a, a brief function, but uh, then it was a case of, like, let's let's get out of here and start preparing for, for the West Ham game on, on Wednesday night. Um, so it's, it's a funny one. It, it does it does seem to give teams a, a kick kick on, you know, and a bit of a boost mid season because it's a tough part of the season. And then to pick up a trophy, it reminds you that it's all worthwhile, all the hard work and everything. So uh, you know, um, if if that works for City this this season, it'll be uh, it'll be more than worthwhile. Yeah, and and so obviously um, it wasn't the best performance, but history books remember winners and not not performances when it comes to cup finals. What the incident regarding Kepper, which is obviously overtook it, the City winning the trophy itself. Yeah. What what from your perspective from the press box? I mean, how did that go down? Was it? Did you hear maybe things that were being said between the tunnel area? Absolutely bonkers. It was it was mad. So in when you're watching a game, you have a TV monitor. So you can see like the Sky Sports feed, but the Sky feed is maybe like thirty seconds behind your your view, which is why you know sometimes you tweet a goal and people say have not seen it because you saw don't tell them that. Slightly. I say that's because we've got inside knowledge. <laughs> slightly ahead of the action rather than clairvoyant. Um, so you know you could see Kepa down, and you could see Caballero getting stripped off, ready to come on, sort of before Sky to it and the subs board goes up and you wait and of course you know I'd like to think that all journalists know every rule that there is 
going on, but a, a few maybe escape our our minds. And you know, we're like, as the boat once they put the board up, do you have to come off? Do you sort of you know? What, interesting, isn't what, it? Yeah. what are the rules? And in the you know, hundred and eighteenth minute of a game that you trying to write things around, it's not something that easily comes to mind and you have to frantically search for it. and it turns out that the, the player doesn't have to go off the player, can, the player can just refuse to go off because now you know there's talk of well maybe there needs to be a rule change but you know if a player just says no I'm not coming off then the referee just restarts the game as happened so it was exactly you know there was nothing wrong from an officiating point of view but it was just extraordinary one thing that's I think like confuse a lot of people now is afterwards they've came out and said that there was a miscommunication and Kepa was actually injured but yeah. I've also heard that they were planning on bringing Caballero on anywhere before that and what well, it, did, it did you spot anything it that? wasn't the first time Kepa had gone down he'd gone down two or three times with cramp yeah. and looked to be struggling quite a bit and you thought this is a struggle I don't think they'd have just brought Caballero on for the penalties but if someone's going down with cramp two or three times they're not going to be able to dive full length to keep out a penalty so I think that was the thinking behind this misunderstanding stuff is but then the reaction it was the reaction from Sarri I always like to give people the benefit of the doubt and Kepa put out a statement last night where he said that um, he didn't realise the extent as far as he was concerned the the board was going up to tell him to come off because he was injured and he was saying no I'm fine I'm absolutely fine and that's all he was saying. He wasn't saying, I'm not coming off the pitch. I refuse to be substituted. Right. Trying to say, I'm fine. And you kind of think... He just forgot to walk off the pitch. No, well, I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't... I don't. I, I think he was thinking, I'm, you know, they're trying to substitute me but because I'm injured. But yeah. I'm, I'll tell them, I'm, I'm going, look, I'm fine. I'm all right. Yeah. You don't need to substitute me. Rather than saying, no way, I'm not coming off the pitch. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not coming. That's not, that's what he's saying. I mean, yeah. I, I like to see the good side of people, unlike Simon. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Who saw him wink at the camera instead afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, for his girlfriend. Really. <laughs> but I, I think City were were pleased that, mm. that Caballero didn't come on. Because you think about it, you know, at the back of their heads, three years ago, Caballero was the hero in the in the League Cup final for them. Yeah. And little things like that can play in your mind when you're, uh, you know, because football has a has a tendency to throw up stories like that. You know, the keeper who was the hero for them three years earlier comes in. He knows a lot about their penalties. He's faced them in in uh, quite a few of the players. He's faced them in in training and so on in the past. Uh, he knows the players. He knows the psychology. Would he have come in and and so I, you kind of think that Aguero's penalty wasn't particularly good? You think would he have saved that one? Mm. You know, um, well penalties are like a mental strength as much as you know where you put it as well, and you know, lit, don't take much to make your penalty go a bit askew. And knowing how good Caballero was, but also City players having seen Kepa do that to Sarri, must have been thinking, who is this guy? And then, you know, Aguero, City's record goal scorer, t- steps up to take his penalty and Kepa's doing all kinds of silly things to try and put him off. Because Aguero, it, like you say, it wasn't a good penalty, but he sticks it past him because Kepa sort of helps it in. And Aguero yeah. just stands there for a few seconds and just laughs at him as if to say, 
you know, you're a fool. See you later. <laughs> and it, you know, Next. as much as they must have worried about Caballero coming on, I think seeing Kepa do that might have given him a bit of extra motivation as well because it was completely unacceptable. It was Sarri's reaction, I think, that almost blew it up, really, in fairness. Because if I think Amelia Sarri went, oh, yeah, okay, he's fine. No, Unless absolutely it, not. A player think, refusing to come off the pitch is a... You've never seen it before. Yeah, but... Messi did it once. I didn't see that game, so I've never seen <laughs> didn't it see it. <laughs> so it's just a... I can, I can understand where it was a misunderstanding. I think Savvy's reaction when he almost went down the tunnel mm-hmm. and almost walked... You thought for a second he's going to walk out the stadium and get in his car and leave, but... It, yeah. I don't know, I think a mis- I his reaction... Did helped maybe fuel it had just added fuel to it really I think if, if yeah anything. but he was dead angry yeah. because he tried to substitute a player and he said no I'm not coming off which yeah. you know can't have happened to Sarri before because he's never managed Lionel Messi so <laughs> I <laughs> and there's a bit of a difference between the two players you're meant to be you're meant to be like in control of a football club and you're under a lot of pressure because results haven't gone your way and then this 24-year-old turns around and says, no, you're all right, pal, I'm not coming off. Do you think other players might learn from that? Do you think other pl- this might happen in down the line? I mean, it could, it could easily happen to any player for any club. If they've watched that and they think, all right, well, well it could be in the back of their minds. The next time they're in a similar situation, maybe do the same. It's going to be very interesting to see what Chelsea do now because, I mean, as, as I said, I was in the tunnel area and there was a lot of to and froing. And when Sarri came out, uh, the line was very much it was a misunderstanding that's what he was saying to the media it was all a misunderstanding Kepa said it was a misunderstanding so Chelsea has spun it as a misunderstanding now how do they it, I'm not sure they believe that I'm pretty sure they don't um, but how do they now go forward do they do they drop him do they suspend him do they fine him you know what are their, what are their options because if it's all a misunderstanding you can't punish the keeper can you you know so what, it'd be interesting to see what their reaction is now um, do they just sweep it under the carpet because if if they do you know it, it sort of there's something rotten at the core of the club they've got a problem there um, I saw a I saw a piece talking about um, how Chelsea have made this bed for themselves by, by the fact that they change the managers frequently. You know, they just sort of change the managers at the drop of a hat. If, if they don't win a trophy, they change the manager. Uh, and it's no good because it sort of it creates this culture whereby uh, the players know that if they, something like this, they think, well, Sarri's going to be gone next week anyway. It wouldn't happen with, with City and Pep Guardiola. It wouldn't happen at United under Fergie because everyone knows who the boss is, you know, and they know that he's not going to be gone next week. Even if they lose a few games and don't win a trophy, he's not going to be gone. And if the players know that, if the players know that the manager is permanently vulnerable, well, doing something like Kepi did is, you know, is, is, can happen. And the rest of the players can, can see it the same way, you know. So Chelsea need to deal with it, but... How do you deal with it when when they know that the manager's on the brink of getting the push anyway? I love to have seen our Pep. If that happened to Pep, I love to have seen his reaction. How well, he would like you know, I remember Sturo. <laughs> he would have been on the pitch <laughs> and dragging them off. Yeah, been blood involved. <laughs> Stuart, a piece of the week. Carl Walker got substituted because he scored against Burton. 
He shouldn't have been that high up the pitch. He, you know, he <laughs> abandoned his defensive positioning, scored. Right, that's it. You're not playing anymore. That's crazy. So, it, it would not happen under Guardiola and it shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have to any to manager. Any manager yeah. no. Well, one of the first things Guardiola did at City was that the only... I mean, City have been quite a, a steady ship anyway. Mancini, like we said, there were fires being being created, but it, it kind of worked for City at that phase. Pellegrini came in and sort of poured oil on, on the waters and got everything smooth, got everybody pulling in the same direction, roughly. The only problem they had when Guardiola came in was Yaya Torre, and it wasn't him, it was his agent who was causing all kinds of problems. And Guardiola killed that problem stone dead, you know, literally within two or three months of starting. He just got a grip of that problem and ended it basically by saying right you know I'm not having your agent trying to poke his nose in the running of my team Finito you, you're, you're not going to play again until your agent apologises and that was it we didn't didn't really hear any more mm. from his agent until uh, until Yaya left the club so that's the difference you know if you've got a manager who's got the backing of his, his board um and, it, and is in control, and he's not taking any nonsense from anybody. And you feel, I feel sorry for Sawyer because he, he is a good manager, he's a good coach, he's proved that. Um, and, and yet he's he's got he's, he's walking on quicksand, uh, as Chelsea managers tend to do. Um, I, I think Chelsea really need to reappraise where they're at. It worked for it's worked for them in the past, but uh, there's, there's nothing to say it, it will carry on working for them. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that moving forward. But back to mainly about City, I mean, there was a couple of injuries that City picked up from that game as a result of the win and Fernandinho and I think Amrick Laporte went off at half-time in that game. Yes. But mainly Fernandinho, we'll start with Fernandinho anyway, but he looks like he's going to miss the next few games, Si. Yeah, Guardiola was not very positive after the game. Um, not very positive generally. I think he was just knackered, but also the two injuries he was pretty concerned about and saying they're going to struggle. Um, I mean, they're both muscle injuries. Fernandinho's done his groin and Laporte has done his hamstring. So that kind of... How long are we expecting Fernandinho? Do you think... Um, mention a date? The talk was at, le- at least some weeks. Yeah, some weeks was the phrase that was used. Um, what that means is anybody's guess. I've, I've written a piece about this um, this morning because um, I think I mean Guardiola's kind of above criticism in a lot of ways. I mean, what he's done at City has been phenomenal, but I do think he makes makes odd mistakes, and it's easy for us to look at them in retrospect. But the fact that Fernandinho has played seven, well, he's, he's started seven games in the last twenty five days, hasn't had a rest. I just think that was asking for trouble. Um, you know, he's 33 years old. Uh, in his first season at City, his legs went halfway through the season because uh, he was doing all the running for Yaya. Um, and then to play him at Newport on that muddy surface, you know, that takes it out of you. But, you know, your muscles are, are having to cope and adjust to, to playing on a, a, a bad surface, which you're not used to doing. Uh, and the upshot of that was Gabriel Jesus picked up a, a, a problem uh, in that game John Stones went down with a, was a groin problem two days later in training which I can only think bears direct relation to that game and then we have a week later Fernandinho uh, picks up a groin problem 
Um, there's just no need for him to play at Newport. We were absolutely staggered when we saw the team sheet that, that Fernandinho's name was on it. Um, and you, you, you know, everyone knows how important he is to City. They haven't got another player like him. Uh, and he glues everything together. Um, but there he was playing against a League Two team in an FA Cup game that City should walk no matter who they put in. Uh, so he played against Burnley in the FA Cup as well. He just he's an, he's a, a, a lot. He, he came off as substitute twice. I think once when I think he came off in that game at Newport, and then he came off at another one when when they had the game. Came off in the six nil, I think. The six nil, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know. I understand Pep wants to keep playing him and I understand that the player will keep playing because he's that kind of guy he's not he feels he can play in every game and he wants to play in every game but players need protecting from themselves sometimes um, and I just wonder whether Pep's regretting it now the fact that he, he has played and played and played for Nandi yeah. Do you think Gundogan is uh, the, the one who will replace him in that position? Do you think he's played himself? I don't know that? he's been good he's been good when he's played there but Pep does like him further forward. I thought it was interesting because I initially suggested um, that Gundogan would move back there and Mares or Foden would come on, but instead he brought Danilo on and they played with like a a double pivot, which they have never done really in his time at City. It was sort of something thought of at Bayern, but then um, it's not really been been used. But it was it was quite. Effective. I wonder if Kevin De Bruyne might be the the man. He, he's tried. He's tried him there. I think it was it was it Burton away in the second leg. He, he played him. Yeah. He played him in that deeper role. And and I've, I've said it quite a few times. That I think going going forward, you know, five years time, and De Bruyne hasn't quite got the energy. Or even now, maybe you know, now he's had two a knee injury in, in each leg. Um, you kind of wonder whether that might be his role at the end of the day because he's got the passing ability, he's got the energy, he's got the physicality to play that role probably probably more so than anybody else at the club uh, and it's uh, the argument against it of course is that if you put John De Bruyne back you lose something higher up the pitch but at the moment they've got so so many options there you know they've got David Silva Gundogan Bernardo can play there uh, and it kind of solves a problem in itself because you play Bernardo centrally he's been playing there most of the season and done brilliantly Um and then you can fit Sane into the team as well because you push Sterling on the right and Sane on the left. So it, it kind of it kind of solves uh, a selection dilemma higher up the pitch. Um, so that, I mean, they've also tried John Stones there, but I don't see that working. Uh, Danilo is is the option, like, like Sai said, they, they pushed him into that position. Uh, he's played that role in a Copa Libertadores final and scored a goal. So, you know, if he can play there in, in like the South American equivalent of the Champions League, uh, I'm sure he can play the odd game in the in the Premier League. But I, I just got a sneaky feeling that, that De Bruyne might be the man who's asked to, to do that role. Yeah. I think it will be, you know, we will find out in the... Uh, uh, City have got five games in the next three weeks before an international break. Well, the next three games, I mean, West Ham on Wednesday night, Bournemouth yeah. on the weekend, then Watford at home. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll speak on West Ham in a bit, but I mean... But I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw too much of Fernandinho or Laporte, if if at all, before, you know, the next... The, the return after the international break. Yeah. 
Well, it's, I mean, it's it's one down, almost three to go now for City. I mean, from the position City are in right now, I mean, we're, what is it, the end, back end of April, uh, February now, What from this position, what do you think, Stu, I'll get your take on this, what do you think your take would be on City, a successful season for City from the position at the moment? And what wouldn't be in terms of trophies? Um, I, I still think that if they win one of the big ones, Premier League or Champions League, and one of the small ones, which they've already done, in the League Cup, that's that is a that is a successful season. Um, I'm not sure Pep Guardiola will say it that way because he's everything he keeps saying is an indication that he wants to win the lot. The very fact that every time anybody mentions winning four trophies, he he throws in the Community Shield and says it's actually five. <laughs> <laughs> but then in his next breath, he say, "Oh, forget about it. It's an illusion. You know." The, no, nobody's ever done it why can we expect City to do it blah 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 you think but but you're throwing in the community shield you know he's clearly clearly thinking about it his players are clearly thinking about it let's not let's not make any mistake and the only way of beating what they did last season the 100 points um, is to to come up with something special like that you know maybe a treble maybe a quadruple but but you know they, uh, there's no no other way of uh, of, perform- of 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 outdoing the feat of last season. Uh, I, I don't I don't sit, personally I wouldn't see it that way. I wouldn't think that if if they don't beat what they did last season, uh, I, I think I think if they finished up in the Premier League and the League Cup like they did last season and didn't get the well they can't get the hundred points, uh, it's still a massively successful season certainly in in City's terms, but. Like you say, the fact that they're in the FA Cup quarter-final, they're on the brink of getting the Champions League quarter-final, um, puts a different perspective on it, and they'll be they'll be keen to to go a lot further in those two competitions. I think saying a team can uh, can or are going to win the quadruple, and if they don't, or maybe go out of a competition, it's a way of saying like, oh well, they failed there almost. It's almost like pressure being put on them when it doesn't really need to yeah, be and, put and on I- it get that but I don't think anyone is saying they will win the quadruple or they should win the quadruple I think every team every top team would dream of winning the quadruple because you know when they're knocking all this down it's saying we don't want to win the quadruple we're not talking about that we just want to win every game well if you win every game you win the quadruple so you know you get there eventually but no one's saying City should be doing this but the FA Cup is a very inviting draw. There aren't too many outstanding teams in the Champions League. Say the best, the best two performances from the first leg came from Atletico and PSG, probably. So neither of those have got sort of loads of of pedigree of winning the competition. Mm-hmm. So. I think that's a concern as well when you get when there's obviously three left getting towards the end when you've got an FA Cup semi-final and you might have sorry quarter-final then maybe a semi-final it might yeah. be a case of you have a Champions League in midweek then a Cup semi-final then midweek you have another Premier League game yeah, it's, yeah, and that's, that's where you and can that's drop tough, but you know they had Chelsea at home and then Everton away and then Arsenal at home like it it shouldn't be a, a surprise to the players I know there's a bit more travelling involved in Europe but it's it, it, it's possible and the fact that it's possible is a massive compliment to City um, but there's also the Premier you know we were talking about this last year when they had a 
15 point lead in the Premier League and you know Liverpool are still still the favourites to win the league because they're a point ahead with 11 games to go so you know we're talking about the cup competitions but the league is going to be quite a struggle as well Mm. I think a lot of it's going to be down to keeping the squad together and that's why Fernandinho and Laporte missing out is such a blow you know you're down down to three centre backs one of whom has got a long history of injury so you, you could quite easily be down to Otamendi and Stones as two centre backs. Um, <clears throat> they haven't got an older midfielder. They're going to be having to play somebody there. If they get one or two more injuries, like I mean, Stones and Jesus. Well, yeah, yeah, Stones and Jesus. Yeah, we don't actually know how long they're they were. Out for. They weren't fit <laughs> for Wembley. So. They weren't. Yeah. So I mean, it was played down. He did say that um, that Stones and Jesus were small problems, but he said that in the past, and players have been out for two months. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we've got to looking at be... looking at Wednesday. It's it's yeah. an issue, isn't it? Yeah, and on well Wednesday night, I mean, it's the return of a few ex City related players and managers. I mean, you've got Pellegrini, Nasri, and Zabaleta returning. I mean, I think it's the first time for Pellegrini and and Nasri. So it's it's a tough game Wednesday night, isn't it? Then ones after a cup final, you've been on such a high and you come you come back down to earth, and you've got West Ham who have been a bit of a. A, str- a struggle for big teams this season. I mean, they're beating United, beating Arsenal, but it, it's a game you would expect City to maybe come out on top, even with the injury problems they have to do. When you say they beat Arsenal, you mean they've beaten big teams and they've beaten Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, if, if, if you want to put it that way, then yeah. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a funny one because Pellegrini will get a great reception. Um, you know, he's he well-liked and he... He won, he won the league in the League Cup in his first season uh, and got City playing a brand of football which uh, has easily sort of tra- morphed into what, what Pep Guardiola wanted. Uh, and, it, you know, Mancini's football became a little bit stayed in that, that final season, a little bit predictable and pedestrian. And Pellegrini came along and all of a sudden they were, they were you know, they were moving the ball faster, they were attacking, they were scoring goals, they were more positive. Um so he's, he'll he'll be a popular return. He'll he'll get a good uh, a good welcome back. Um, uh, Zabaleta will get the usual reception from the city fans. They'll probably be singing his name throughout the ninety minutes. Uh, Nasri, not so much, <laughs> but uh, that's that's kind of Nasri making his own bed and lying in it. Really, I don't think he'll get a bad reception, will he? No, he probably won't. He probably won't unless he does something. Yeah, and scores a winning goal, then he might get a bad reception. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's one of those tricky games because West Ham are, they've got lots of talent in the, in in the team, and if they turn up on the night, City are coming off a League Cup final where they've, they've played a lot of extra minutes they've had all the emotion of the penalties they've had the celebrations they'll be getting back today and they'll be they'll be having a a, a warm down and you know and the massages and stuff and then and then it's straight into preparation for uh, for a fairly difficult game um, you know if West Ham turn up and West Ham give it give it a go they can cause City problems so uh, it, by no means easy especially with you know the injury problems that, that City are sort of starting to get starting to mount up um, so it won't be uh, it won't be a straightforward gimme which you would normally expect West Ham at home to be yeah and Si would you expect in that defensive midfield role Fernandinho being out would you expect maybe 
De Bruyne or Gundogan to slot straight into that position? Or Well, the, the trend recently has been for whatever I expect to be completely wrong. <laughs> Maybe a change of formation. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I uh, speculated that Gundogan and Bernardo might be in the middle of midfield for the cup final and it was De Bruyne and Silva, so I wouldn't... <laughs> I wouldn't trust anything I say, but my midfield would probably have won the game in normal time, <laughs> if, if we're being honest. Um, I think it will be Gundogan, mm. just because he has played there more often than anyone else, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was De Bruyne or Danilo or Edison or Brian Kidd or... Pep himself? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, he's still much. quite handy. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad option of. Pep or Arteta to, to take to the the team. It, it literally could be anyone. Stu, would you stick with me? Would you think De Bruyne? I'm going to stick I think it'll be, be De Bruyne, but uh, I just think he's... The fact that he's tried him in that position um, shows that he's clearly thinking that way. And De Bruyne hasn't been that that great uh, since he came back from injury he's, he's not had the same kind of dynamism uh, and I just I, but he's still got the passing he's still got all the other attributes and I just think he could he could play in that role um, do you think he just needs to be played into form as opposed to just maybe dropping him then putting him in another week he just needs to play consecutively until he finds that match sharpness or is there something more he's been playing quite a while now he's been playing you know he's been playing just about every game and it, it's just not clicking for him. Um, it's, it's hard to tell why. Uh, and he, he, you still see it from time to time. He, I know he, he was anonymous for the opening phase of the, the game at Wembley. And then he, he, he just started dropping a bit deeper. And the first time he dropped deep, he got the ball just beyond the halfway line and he slid a perfect pass uh, down the side for, I don't know, for Aguero or Bernardo or somebody. So every now and then he'll do something like that that reminds you what he's all about. Um, but he... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he... Like, there are people who think that he's... Maybe last season was a was a one-off and that the injuries are attacking the toll and uh, he'll, he, he might never be the same player again. That doesn't mean he won't still be a very, very good player. Um but he was a complete package last season. He had just about everything in his in his locker. Um, he's just lacking a little bit at the moment. I, I don't subscribe to that theory. I think that he, you know he's still young. He's just going through a, a flat phase uh, in his career. But a flat phase in in Kevin De Bruyne's form book is uh, a, a very good one. In the in the you know from any player any other player playing to the level he's playing at the moment would be lauded and be seen as being a, a good asset but De Bruyne has set such high standards for himself that uh, he's now being judged against them and, and falling short a little bit mm. well but one thing to remember that form is temporary class is permanent so yes. so we'll we'll see what happens with De Bruyne going into the end of the season I think that's just about it actually thank you Stu and Sai for joining me I know you both got back quite late last night I didn't actually know you got back it to not to like was it one or two in the morning yeah was it yeah yeah so uh, worth it a long week (laughs) Germany Newport (laughs) Wembley it's uh I nearly fell asleep halfway through this podcast, to be honest. <laughs> it was when, when Cy was talking, obviously. But. Yeah. <laughs> and not me. That's good. 
but you got, don't forget you got Bournemouth this weekend, isn't it? Oh. Like the journey to Bournemouth. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Feel yeah. just get in there. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you, all the listeners, for joining me. Um, it's uh, been... I think we'll have another podcast maybe later in the week after West Ham. So if you two are around, we'll, we'll do this again. We'll see. We will see. Exchange details. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss after this thanks everyone for joining us if you haven't already please subscribe to us on Acast or Apple Podcasts didn't do leave us a review we do actively check them so it would be great to hear your feedback thank you for joining us and we'll see you later in the week